For all you preachers and teachers out there, I got a question for you. Do you ever have goals of things that you want to accomplish in ministry that may be kind of a like awkward or kind of weird goal? You know, something that, you know, it's not like how many souls you want to win or, you know, how many, you know, people you want to be discipling, not, not stuff like that, but like a peculiar goal. Like for me, for example, one of my goals is to someday to preach at one of those little white chapel churches that you see that dots the rural area of New England, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Welcome to my seminary life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And yeah, I don't know. It's just something really rustic and really like traditional about that that really appeals to me. I just imagine everything being made out of wood on the inside. And I just think it would be just, it's very aesthetically pleasing, at least in my head. And it'd be cool to stand there and just proclaim out into the congregation, no microphone in this very wooden environment. I don't know if the acoustics would be good for that at all or not but that's you know that's the idea that's that's the dream that's the goal so if you have any like that you know drop it in the comments or hit me up somehow let me know if you have any any type of dreams or goals that are odd or oddly specific like that we are closing in on the conclusion of communication in ministry we have this episode and then next week we have our last episode of communication in ministry and if you're following the show on social media hopefully you are if you're not at my seminary life pod on facebook and instagram you saw that there were two big announcements announcement number one was of course completing the goal i set for how many total downloads i wanted to have on the show but the one that's very relevant to right this very moment is the announcement of what our next series is going to be starting next month, running through October and into November. We have Leadership 101 and it's it's going to be it it's a stacked series. Let me tell you, there are so many guests coming in to talk about leadership, talk about um, some of the inaccurate views that we have on leadership a couple of our good friends will be back on the show to talk about this subject i've got uh two solo a couple solo episodes planned to dig into some of the homework assignments i had this class pretty pretty simple gonna gonna be honest with you it's so far been a pretty simple class but we do have a couple really unique homework assignments i'm excited to talk about when we get to those episodes and there may be a fun episode in the works for a certain holiday right near the end of october more details to come on that when we get to it also announced this week on social media is that like i said i've accomplished the goal for how many total downloads i wanted to have for the show by the time i got to march of 2023 already i've gotten to that goal and i'm so thankful for all of you who have tuned in listened support the show give feedback follow the stuff on social media i really appreciate you all and as a way to say thank you for helping me achieve this goal so early on uh, starting on International Podcast Day, which is September 30th, 
and running all the way to the end of October. Again, October is going to be a really exciting month. Running to the end of October is going to be a 50% off sale on the My Seminary Life shop with weekly merch drops. So make sure that you pay attention on uh, Sundays. To, uh, head on over to the shop to see what's new around there. I'll post and share that as the weeks go on so that way you stay up to date on that and uh each week in october there will be a brand new bonus episode so yeah you get twice as much my seminary life throughout october it's just christmas has come early what can i say christmas has come early october is going to be smashing but like i said this is the one of two final episodes on the topic of communication and ministry. Today, we're going to talk about how to creatively teach the Bible. And next week, to close things out, my wife Claire is going to be on the show, and probably producer Cooper as well, will be on the show to talk about a time that she taught got to teach the Bible in a creative way and how that went and some things that she learned in the process. So it's going to be a good time. How to creatively teach the Bible. We're on teaching these two weeks, not so much preaching, but teaching. We're thinking more Bible study, small group, Sunday school, classroom type of an environment, an environment that depends more upon communication between groups, whereas preaching is a monologue, a glorified speech, pr uh, Bible teaching is has an emphasis on the group, the group coming together to arrive at conclusions, to study the text of Scripture together, and to apply it personally. This is an area we can I can point back to the series of episodes on discipleship from last November, December time frame uh, that talks a lot about group and one-on-one -on -one discipleship and the value of people coming together to study the word together. That All of those episodes definitely contribute to what we're going to be talking about today. The book I had to read for this is called Creative Bible Teaching by two people whose names escape me. But if you Google creative Bible teaching Moody Publishers, I can remember who published the book, Moody Publishers. It will come right up. It's got a light blue cover. I literally, the only thing I cannot remember is the two people who wrote the book. And similarly to the Haddon book that we had to read for the preaching part of this class, this teaching part did move beyond let's talk about studying and hermeneutics and get into teaching methods. One of the best reasons for everybody who teaches Sunday school classes to pick up this book, one of the best reasons to pick it up is because there are illustrations in this book on how to do what they are teaching that range from children to senior adults. So no matter if you're teaching little itty bitties, children, Sunday school classes, or if you have a small group of 20-somethings, early 30-year-olds like I do, or you are the person in charge of the elderly Bible study class, this book is for you. And it challenges you to think about 
how to best teach. It talks about how, you know, there's rote learning where you're basically just learning to regurgitate the information or there's these different ways to learn where you maybe you can kind of internalize it. But again, it's just like something that you can repeat back all the way up to what we're aiming for in creative Bible teaching of learning and life application. How do I apply this text of scripture to my life? This book also wrestles with one of the one of the big questions in preaching and teaching, and that is, what is what is the goal? What is the goal? Am I trying to build my audience? Am I trying to assist my audience to learn something? Do I want them to learn something? Do I want there to be a cognitive change and growth, or do I want my do I want my students to have an emotional response, an emotional growth? to this material or do i want there to be spiritual change that leads to life change this is the one that people normally camp out on like this is this is where this is the goal we're trying to preach for we're trying to teach for change cognitive change yeah this is this goes back to one of my big sticking points with modern day christianity of the Biblical illiteracy, the anti-intellectualism that, you know, we're not trying to make smarter Christians. You know, nobody changes just because they know a lot of things. Or the emotional side, people would argue that, you know, we don't just want people to have an emotional response to the word. That's that's shallow. We want a deeper change to the word. Although I do think people are starting to have an starting to embrace more this idea of wanting to preach and teach for emotional change for the sake of emotional intelligence and emotional health and emotional growth and emotional maturity. These are things that people want now. These are things that even in the church we value. This whole emotional intelligence thing has become a pop culture thing. Not, Not really, not trying to downplay it or say that it's not significant but it has transcended and become being emotionally healthy is something that everybody values or is starting to value more so i think people are starting to give a little bit more here on the emotional response and the emotional growth category but still most people would say that the most important thing in bible teaching and also preaching is spiritual change that leads to life change creative bible teaching would argue all three matters that when you sit down and you write your lesson that you should be able to set goals for yourself essentially in each category what do i want my students to learn from this lesson how do i want them to mature emotionally or respond emotionally from this lesson and what how do i want them to change in response to this lesson Rather than trying to say one is better than the other or one is worth pursuing over another one, creative Bible teaching aims to accomplish all three to some degree. Depending on what you're teaching, you may be able to hit a certain mark better than others. You know, I did for my lesson, and we're going to talk about this here next. I'm going to walk you through the outline. I taught on Psalm 132. And so when you're talking about poetry and, you know, 
music and songs, it's going to be able, it's going to be easier to hit that emotional response mark better than other in other passages of scripture. You know, maybe if you're preaching out of, I don't know, you know, if you're doing one of the genealogies, it might be harder to hit the emotional response. But yeah, hey, if you're teaching a genealogy, if you really dive into it, maybe you can find something that, you know, the people, the students are going to learn. Those are just examples. If you've never heard of the book, Creative Bible Teaching, by two people from Moody Publishers with a light blue cover, there is a good chance that maybe you've heard of the outline that they promote. Hook, book, look, took. Hook, book, look, took. Hook, book, and took all make a lot of sense. Look is the answer that is kind of like the Baptist stretching it to try and make it all work and rhyme and stuff. Hook, book, look, took. So in the hook, much like in preaching of sermon, I'm going to also show how this is similar and different from sermon preaching. Like in a sermon, this is your opening illustration. This is your intro. The thing that is different, though, from a introduction in a lesson from an introduction in a sermon is that you're not just trying to get people interested in what you're going to talk about. You're not just trying to get them to buy in to the necessity of the conversation that is about ready to happen or to wake them up because you just told a funny joke and everyone's laughing. But in creative Bible teaching, Another emphasis behind the introduction. Another emphasis behind the introduction is that you are going to engage their brains to get them thinking. Again, a lot of this, when it comes to teaching, there's an emphasis on group studying, the group going together on a journey to arrive at a conclusion together. And so, your goal is to get the creative juices flowing. So for me, again, I taught on Psalm 132. This is a Psalm of Ascent. And so I was going to teach them what that means. And so to get the conversation started, I talked about, I asked all of them, how do you get ready on a Sunday morning? And everyone went around and shared you know, what their Sunday mornings look like before they go to church. And then I showed a John Christ video. It's the one when him and his, quote, wife in the sketch are getting ready to go to church and they're changing their outfits a hundred times because it's like they keep coming up with reasons why, oh, well, if you put your hands up, your stomach shows, okay, not that one. Uh, don't wear a Taco Bell t-shirt. You, you know, your body is a temple. It, it's funny. You're trying to get them not just interested in what's going on, but get their brain going to be able to discuss as you get into the lesson. Hook also, Hook then moves into book. And obviously, that's the text of scripture. So for me, I had to teach. And then I led them into a discussion. And then I taught again. One of the other things I liked about this book is that even different from preaching sermons, there's not really like a concrete, okay, and then you do this here, and then you do this here, and then you do this here. In the sermon writing process in this class, it was very much, here's, here's exactly what you do. 
and then you tell a story and then you applicate and then you recap and then you move on to your next point and then you exegete the text. Like it was very beat for beat what you're supposed to do. This was more open-ended. Hook, do what you need to do to get people interested and get their brains flowing. Book, okay, don't just lecture the whole time, but bring bring in the text of scripture now and get them learning. And then we'll talk, talk about look and took was the same thing. This is just kind of generally how you do this. You don't have to do it this way. Think, be creative. Literally, there is an emphasis on creativity. I think that sometimes Christians can be very dismissive of creativity and imagination in this type of field and environment for the sake of, you know, this is a serious time and serious matters and we're studying God's word and we're supposed to be serious. Well, I showed a John Chris video and I start each one of these podcast episodes with a ridiculous story or opening monologue, basically. So we have hook, we have book. So I taught them what is a Psalm of Ascent, which for those of you who are curious, a Psalm of Ascent is song is the Psalms that were sung while they were tr- while Israel was either traveling up to Jerusalem for a holiday, a festival, or they are songs that are sung by priests as they went up to the altar, or it is also believed that they are songs that were sung by the Israelites as they were leaving Babylonian exile and went back up to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall and the temple. Ascent. They keep going up in each one of these. And it's the, I don't have my notes in front of me, but it is the collection of Psalms between chapter 120 and 133, I think, without, without looking at my notes, I think it's 133. It could be 135. I can't remember offhand. They are shorter Psalms also than most, especially considering how Psalm 119 was right knocking at the door prior to this. So I opened with this little, this mini lecture on this is what a Psalm of Ascent is. And then as an example, we went to Psalm 132. And what I did was I had them, it was a, it was a small group. It was a light night this night for our small group. We've been studying the genres of the Psalms, if it helps explain why exactly we're having this conversation on specifically Psalm 132. We're studying the different genres of the Psalms. Anyway, so we get to, I send them, those who are there, they all get into a group and they spend time just reading the passage for themselves and drawing observations. And then I had them share their observations. We had a couple follow-up conversations I asked a couple of additional questions. Uh, One of the questions I asked was, there is a part of this where the psalmist is asking for God to remember and to do something. And And I asked the group, you know, let's wrestle with this idea of, is God forgetful and inactive? Why exactly is the psalmist saying these words? So that was a good conversation. And then I closed out with, Another mini lecture, um, somebody wanted to know, I think it was actually Claire asked this question, what this passage is in reference to, because usually these are written um, 
either to reflect on Israel's history or on a literal event that happened. And a lot of people, uh, most Bible scholars point back to this is a psalm that reflects on the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel. So I lectured on its relevance with this passage. And by lecture, I don't mean chalkboard talking for hours on end. I mean five minutes of just me talking on a certain subject. There was an interesting section in this book on the value of lectures and when it is good to lecture. We don't have time. Our time is starting to draw to an end here to go into all of that. But basically, it is not always right to lecture. And that is something that I have had to learn the hard way because I actually really enjoy lecturing. It might be part of the reason why I have a solo podcast. I think it kind of scratches the itch for me because I like I like to lecture. I like to be in a lecturing environment. But people don't always learn best in a lecturing environment. Not always. Some It just really depends on the subject matter and the knowledge of the students. So that's Hook. That's book. Now look, <laughs> which was a fun way to say that. Now look, basically, in the look stage, you have the people sitting there come up with how they can personally apply this text, this lesson to their lives. They're going to look for themselves at how to apply this for themselves. Okay, and that's it. That's the whole look thing that's the only part of this that is that's the only part of this that is basically you do this yourself you can i guess you can try and do it different ways but basically i just asked okay how do you apply this to your life this is also very different from preaching because usually in preaching you are it is best to actually bring and this is what you do in light of the text to a sermon it's generally frowned upon or possibly even seen as lazy to ask a bunch of rhetorical questions on how they could it is hard sometimes to come up with applications to sermons and i have had to rely on rhetorical questions and i feel a little empty afterwards feel a little like i did things injustice there but here you are supposed to ask because we are in an environment where people can think and verbalize and rationale together. How can they apply what we talked about today? And then finally, we have took. And in took, this is me telling them how to apply this, even with next steps. What I mean by that is, this is where every person who has ever gone to a Christian summer camp and had to write something on a piece of paper and then nail it to a cross or throw it in a bonfire, that's where this comes from. You're supposed to not just tell them, okay, this week, go worship God. You're supposed to give them a very practical next step in order to accomplish that. So for my lesson, I had everyone pull out their phones and to set a timer for some time on Sunday mornings for it to go off to remind them that in their process of getting ready, that they get ready to worship God as they go up to church. Voila. And I told them that, you know, you could set the timer now and then next and then on Sunday when it goes off, 
it could go off and you're in the shower or you're like walking the dog or you're already at church. And so you need to adjust that. But that was, that was the idea that I had going here. And that's it. That is how you creatively teach the Bible. You obviously study, you obviously write outlines, but you, you get creative. There is, you have permission to be creative. You don't have to always be deathly serious. You have permission to show funny videos and to write on chalkboards and play hangman on whiteboards if it helps your students learn what you're going to talk about today. And next week, Claire is going to be here to talk about her lesson that she taught on our small group, at our small group, which I'm excited for because I had to take Cooper and go into his room and rock him to sleep because he was fussy, so I missed most of it. So I'm excited to have the conversation with her. I heard she did well. If you enjoyed today's episode, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, gals. You all are great. I have really appreciated each and every one of you jumping in giving the show a listen to, sharing it with friends, reviewing it, whatever you do. I appreciate it. Even if you just listen once and never come back, at least I know one time you heard me talk about something and hopefully it was interesting. You can go into the description of this episode to find links to all of the stuff that's important, the websites, the shop, ways to contact the show through email, whatever it is. Most likely it's in the, it's in the, uh, description there. Hey, if you missed it, last week, my good friend Pastor Will Rose was on the show. No, that was two weeks ago. That's how much I enjoyed that episode. Two weeks ago was Pastor Will Rose here to talk about preaching from a lectionary and using lit, lit liturgy, sorry, using liturgy and the church calendar in your preaching. Last week was a lesson I taught at my church's youth group on Psalm 42 on the topic of depression, where I shared a lot of my personal experience with mental health and depression as well. And Claire will be here next week. And then in October, we have Leadership 101. Exciting times. It's, it's good to be alive. It's good to be a Lancer, as we used to say in college. That is it for today's episode. Thank you all again. And remember, keep on studying.